You really mustn't, darling. I... Welcome. Oh. Episode 11. Can I comment? We already got Jake all riled up. We have got, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a it's going to be a good one. Hey, thanks for tuning in yeah. this week. This is going to be uh, a really good episode. Before we go any further, do us a massive favor. Would you rate the show, like the show, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Everywhere. Everywhere. All the good stuff. It really is a massive help. <laughs> Are you rating us right now? Uh, I was looking for our show because I was, somebody said. Uh, yeah, we did get our first bad public comment. Yeah, it was this great. Week. A group of men who think they know better than everyone else. Go figure. Yes. <laughs> They That's don't even so listen good. to you, Jess. I am on this podcast. We need to get email. We need, we need to get a jet a camera on Jess. We do. We do. So everybody knows. Anonymity that. is, is yes. my favorite. Yes. Um That's great. So this is this is uh, gonna be a good one. We are um today we're talking about um well, the decline of Christianity in America. Um a recent uh research article, uh research um study came out. Um, that is essentially saying that Christianity is continuing to decline at a rapid pace in America. So we're going to talk about the de- decline of Christianity, the de- decline of church attendance, and we're also going to um, venture into the world of church hurt, <clears throat> deconstruction, reconstruction, leaving the faith, and all that kind of stuff. So um, we've, you know, this has been kind of something that we have talked around, I guess, uh, for He's a little ready. while. Jake is ready. And um, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. It's going to be, it's going to be good. So um, I guess let's start with this. So a few weeks ago, uh, Pew Research came out with a study uh, that essentially confirms what I think most of us would know um, and would expect, and that is, yes, Christianity, in fact, actually religion in general, uh, is continuing to decline at a, at a rapid pace. So the broad strokes is essentially that for the first time ever, uh, more Americans uh, now say they attend religious services fewer times a year, uh, a few times a year or less than attend at least monthly. So to say that plainly, more people are not going to church than are going to church. Yep. Um, and this study would say that that would be for the first time in, in recorded history in, in America, which is pretty interesting. Uh, kind of another big statistic that, that comes out there is uh, that more than eight in 10 members of the silent generation, which would be those born between uh, 1928 and 1945, describe themselves as Christian. So that's 84% of that generation. Three quarters of baby, baby boomers, uh, which is 76%, uh, would say that they are Christian. And now the number is only half of millennials, 49%, describe themselves as Christians. Um, uh, one in 10 millennials identify with non-Christian faith, and about four in 10 basically have no religion whatsoever. So 50% of millennials consider themselves believers in Jesus Christ? Uh, no, they consider themselves, yes, consider themselves Christians. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The term Christian is probably loosely, <laughs> loosely defined, loosely defined, yeah. um, which is interesting. And I, you know, I, I think it will be not the, you can read the article, we'll put it in the show notes. And there's a bunch of different, really interesting things that were pulled out of that. Um, just different races, ethnicities, political parties. Uh, they dive into all that. Yeah. So it's a really yeah, interesting thorough. Uh, and thorough, I, uh, thorough study. All honesty, I got about 30% of the way through that article. And then it's like, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of numbers. <laughs> it's a, it's lot a lot of numbers. numbers. I don't do numbers. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not a, a numbers, big numbers person. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, yeah. But, but it, 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 it tells wasn't us. saying anything new to me, though. It was just, and like, even to go back to your statement about, like, for the first time in American history, mm-hmm. well, how long is that time? Because I feel like yeah. we've been saying the same thing for a very long time now. Jake, you got to talk to the microphone. I'm talking so loud. It's like underneath your chin. I can barely hear you. <laughs> there we go. Do I need to say the whole thing yeah. again? No, 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 no. But just now. Flip. Okay. <laughs> Basically, I was saying is I got like a third of the way through that article and gave up reading it because there's a lot of numbers and I don't do numbers. Um, but also to go back to your statement, I, which I think is what that article said, is that for the first time in American history, was that it? This, this yep. decline has yep. been happening. Um, but that's not new. Like, I don't know how long they defined this time, but it's, it's been in decline for a long time. Yes. But right. the reason this was the big one is because for the first time, uh, more people don't go to church than go to church. Got it. To say it very, yeah. very for the plainly. first time in American history, yeah. more people don't go to church than do. Yeah. Go to and church. obviously wow. that big decline is, you know, the baby boomers through the millennials. So I think we can just blame the baby boomers, like Gabe. No, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so that's what we're that's what we're looking at. I think. I mean, even just being in the church world, being pastors, it's no secret. Who's that, a pastor? That James is. That <laughs> less people are going to church now than they were going a year and a half ago. And and, and that's one thing that I want to know. So this article was done. Yeah, uh, last year. Uh, since COVID, yeah. Since COVID, well then. Not that this, like, obviously these trends are very true. Yes. But we would expect fewer people to be going to church. Yes. Now. This last year. Over the last now. year. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean. Because of COVID. But we do know that there's been a steady decline. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, we could just see that in culture. That right. there's Even just in the rhetoric, the millennial rhetoric, we see that there's. Yes. I, I mean, I think I, yes. I can clearly and I th- see. And I think if COVID did anything, maybe it um, intensified it. It, it probably sped up a process sped up, for some people. Up, I want to know what the silent generation have figured out because 84% of them are still faithful. Yes. <laughs> they're, yep. they're still coming. Well, mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah, we, yes, that's a, I don't know. What do you think? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean that they were just tougher. Right. Say it. Just say say it. I don't know. I, I'm trying to. No, I, they're I, just tougher. They grew just, up. Yes. They grew up in the middle of war, world world wars. Yes. In they in were tougher. They, there's economic no doubt, depression. There's no, there's no doubt that yep. they were tougher. There's yep. no doubt that they were tougher. Um. But right after them, something strange does happen. Yes, the boomers. Yeah. Well, the boomers. Anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's it. But that's important. That's. I mean, that, I think that. I think that. I think it's important that that they. Yeah, they were tougher. But then something really strange happens with the boomers. No. No. Obviously, we're not being nuanced about <laughs> this part of the conversation. But and I. The only reason I'm pausing us is because we could spend half an hour. Yes. Dissecting yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, yes. uh, generations. Which yes. That's not the point of this episode. Yes. yes. Uh, we were saying it in jest. Yes. In jest. But it's probably also true. Right. It's all the boomers' fault, basically. No, 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 it's no. It's the no. boomers. I blame but, the boomers. But okay, like the the truth is though, uh, you know, um, I I think I even read recently that you know a, a study of like a thousand churches across America, uh, their church attendance is you know between thirty five and fifty percent of what it was pre COVID, and these are not just in states like California where a lot of churches still aren't open. These yeah. are states, North Carolina, Texas, yep. churches that have been open since June, right? So, um. The, the, the question, I guess, today that we want to start with is, well, why, mm-hmm. right? If, if the church is, in fact, declining, if less and less people are calling themselves Christians, why? Uh, obviously, COVID, I do think, is a big part of it. 
right? I think people, COVID came, people had time to rethink a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Their habits completely changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think we can discount that being an accelerant in mm-hmm. in this whole thing. No, absolutely. We should you know? definitely include that. Um, I agree. But what it does lead us into when we talk about why, like what is the cause, what is the reason, a lot of our episodes you guys can go listen to and we just talk about some of the different philosophies that are out there and the different things happening under the, uh, you know, on not just under the surface anymore, but in culture that are taking people, uh, making people rethink a lot of this and perhaps taking them away um, from from the faith. But there's a really interesting article that I read a few weeks ago and I sent to you guys that I think um, is not necessarily an argument I agree with, but I think it's a it's a it's a good one, and it's from a writer named David French who writes for the Dispatch. The title of the article is "How American Christendom Weakens." American I think it's Christendom. Cri- that's yeah, yeah, Christendom. <laughs> Christendom for sure. Christendom. Christendom. How American Christendom, <laughs> Christendom weakens American Christianity. So the question he basically poses in this article is that American Christendom, in other words, Christian culture. Let's just call it the uh, Christian culture, and and he goes on to define later in the article. It's essentially the Christian um, culture and the Christian institution, mm-hmm. right? And is it becoming increasingly increasingly incompatible with American Christianity? Um, the first thing he he mentions heavily is obviously Trump, pro-Trump evangelicals, the Christian right. Again, all of which we don't need to probably rehash those. That's right. We talked thoughts. a lot about that. We've talked a lot about that. Um, and then he kind of just goes into essentially talking about church culture, right? Church culture, church institution. He talks about just the different sex abuse scandals, you know, Christian celebrity, pastor scandals, church abuse, et cetera. And he says um, a couple of things, and I just want to read this, and then I think it will launch us off into to the discussion to kind of ground where we're, where we're starting. Uh, and this comes, again, directly from this article from David French um, in The Dispatch. He says this, uh, Christendom refers both to the legal institutions of the church and to the culture those institutions create. Think of the distinctions roughly like this. Christianity is the faith, Christians are the believers in the faith, and Christendom is the collective culture and institutions, universities, ministries, churches, whatever, of the faith. And then he references uh, Kierkegaard and and, uh, uh, some of his writing uh, and says that the uh, middling and enforced homogeny of Christendom Christendom <laughs> the greatest da- is the was the greatest danger and is the greatest genuine da- uh, blah, 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 <laughs> greatest danger facing facing genuine Christianity. <laughs> You're right, bro. <laughs> um, it's been a long week. In many ways, it was far better to see Christendom shrunk to a few genuine believers than to see it ballooned and enforced into a parody of itself. Um, It was designed in his famous phrase to make the way to Christianity easier when in fact the genuinely faithful must always make the way harder and then just to follow it up if I haven't lost you already. In my friend Russell Moore, he says this, in my friend Russell Moore's powerful words, what happens, what happens when people reject the church because they think we reject Jesus and the gospel? He continues, what if people don't leave the church because they disapprove of Jesus, but because they've read the Bible and have come to the conclusion that the church itself would dispro- disapprove of Jesus? So essentially what he is saying there in a really flowery way is, um, is Christian culture and the Christian institution driving people away from Christianity more than it is drawing people to because it's not an accurate representation of what 
yes. I guess, of who Jesus is. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And he does dive further in the article about what causes that. And, um, you know, just as institutions grow and as cultures grow, specifically institutions, those institutions focus on um, that their transition focuses from the mission to preservation. Right. And when we start to preserve um, a culture or an institution, what does that do to change what we do day to day to move Christianity? move Christianity forward. forward. Yeah. I mean, I think that for starters, um, all, all practices are going to produce a culture. Yep. Culture is just the amalgamation of our beliefs and our behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, Christendom grows out of Christianity. It's Christendom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Christendom. <laughs> Sorry. Grow, grows out of <laughs> Essentially, uh, Christian culture, um, and when I say Christian culture, um, you you might first have thoughts that come to your mind that are how we understand Christian culture in our very limited view context. So maybe mm-hmm. you think of like, you know, what your youth group was like if you grew up in church, or maybe if you're antagonistic towards the faith, you think of, you know, alt-right you know yep. political people or whatever so yeah. w- w- people think of different things when they hear the term christian culture mm-hmm. but um christian culture in general is not that's not a negative thing right so we shouldn't i think uh i, th- I don't think we should attack the idea that christianity will have a, a culture if we if we live the scripture um then that is going to produce a culture mm-hmm. and so much of the New Testament is about uh, cultivating mm-hmm. what is uh, proper Christian belief and practice, yep. which then created cultures in the churches of the first century. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think maybe that's one important distinction to make off the... I've, well, and I was to, to, to just touch on that point, I guess the, the, for me, the question is based upon what you just presented, Jake, is, is, is the church at large... Um, observing the scripture to the point that it produces this this good culture that you're talking about. I think that's where when we talk about Kierkegaard, I think that's where Kierkegaard's going when he's when he's talking about what Christendom looks what Christendom looks like, and if 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 indeed the church at large isn't uh, observing biblical scripture and living that way, mm-hmm. and I think this is what a lot of people struggle with when it comes to them leaving is that they feel that the church isn't observing biblical scripture. That, in turn, their Christian culture is toxic. No, right. I don't think that. I think well, for some, I think some, for of, some, yeah, I think some of what you said is definitely an accurate depiction. I don't think the indictment is that we aren't observing biblical scripture. I think the indictment is that we are observing biblical scripture, and they don't like the way that that's applied. But I would, but just to back up from that a second, yeah. Uh, as, um, I think I think the the um. The, the attack, and, and maybe rightfully so, is not on uh, can Christian practice produce culture. I don't think anyone is being antagonistic to that. I'm just setting that up yeah, yeah. to say, like, okay, that in and of itself is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the attack is against um, essentially Christianity being in bed with secular institutions like politics. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't read Soren Kierkegaard. Um, I love Kierkegaard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I believe his 
uh, his criticism was towards a church that was in basically a state sponsored church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's the context that he was writing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to take those quotes kind of in context. Um, and you know, to some degree, uh, I guess, which is something, a point of debate for people that is still the case in America in the sense that, um, religion and politics still very much are infused with, with one mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a point to be debated because to some degree your Christianity will affect the way that you view how a society should be set up and mm-hmm. what things yeah. are, are just and unjust, what things are moral and immoral. Right. So it's, it's really not a black and white. You have to, uh, you have to completely remove the notion that Christianity would produce any culture internal to itself, but also external to the world in which it inhabits. Right. That, that's non nonsensical. Right. But there's a distinction. And I guess this is where I don't, I, I don't necessarily know that this is what the article is speaking to, but I think as we move through getting to the point of just kind of this conversation around deconstruction. So we, we say that there's Christian culture, which is what we would say kind of exactly what you just explained. Mm-hmm. But then I think there is church culture, mm-hmm. right? There is a, and we can't, we, and we've talked about this so much is we can't ignore that there is a, a church world culture mm-hmm. in America. In which people speak Christian. In which people speak a certain right. language. They say certain things. Mm-hmm. Not all of those things that are held up as principles are anything biblical. They're right. just, they're just, yeah, they're, they're either they are, traditions or they're traditions or they're, they're a lot of times they're poor knockoffs of something that's being mimicked from the world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I would suspect that at least in, in a lot of the conversations that I have with people, it is the thing that, that they are first coming to terms with less, much less than like even the tenets of faith mm-hmm. and what their faith is and what their faith uh, system is, and it is more towards just this, like, ah, uh, this institutional church culture thing mm-hmm. is the first thing that it seems like people are going, ah, uh, this is maybe not right. what I thought it was, or maybe not what right. I see in, in the scripture. So I guess, is there a differentiation there of like, sure. this is a Christian culture, yeah, yeah. this is the kind Absolutely. of culture build. Well, and this, that comes to a point, right? Like belief and behavior produce culture. Mm-hmm. And so if belief and behavior are themselves um, not faithful to the scripture yep. and that's going to produce a culture that's not faithful to the scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's interesting is, is, is not, and, and again, you know, I, I, this might sound weird, but like the idea that not all churches are created equal in the sense that there some churches are practicing what they need to practice and some aren't. But a lot of times the ones that aren't, pra- are not practicing the things that need to be practiced are the ones that are out in the forefront the most in culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said it, not me. <laughs> so, so, right. So I'm just saying, uh, you know, so yeah, the most visible oftentimes <laughs> are the ones that put a lot of that stuff on display Yeah, that make, yeah. That Which is interesting because those are the ones that typically are the largest. That's right. Which, it, it, which is the whole paradox, right? Right. The, you guys the, tell the me. The ones guys- that are the most visible and the ones that have the biggest following I mean, they're the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go figure that out. We yeah. all know who, who the pastors are now. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I put that out, but so I put that out there. It's, and we're not here to, to listen. I think that um, I, I think that just because a, ch- a church is big does not automatically right. follow that it is uh, wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I just don't I don't 
No, I don't accept that argument um, as something not to be questioned or, or kind of have yeah. holes poked in it. But yeah. when it looks but like an, I was just gonna say. Um, however, uh, I think a lot of times the the message that comes from a pulpit, if it tends to be more self helpy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, maybe along the lines of what people really want to hear mm-hmm. and not necessarily the the challenge that comes to us from the scripture. And I, I'm not painting with a broad yeah, brush. Totally. You might have one message one week from the same preacher that is such a faithful witness. Mm-hmm. And then all of us are imperfect. You yeah. might have another message that's like, I'm not sure about, about that. Yeah. Um, and we can all be guilty and of I, that. Yeah. And do we think, and I guess to even further dive into that, because I think these big out front and center ministries and pastors always seem to get the most heat because they're the ones that are the most visible, you know? But I also think, is there something to the effect of like, I think some of these people are just doing what they think God's called them to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I do look at some of the, like, I, like I look at Joel Osteen, for mm-hmm. example, and he, I don't know much about his theology be, below, below the surface, mm-hmm. but I know that my grandmother who never spent a day in church in her entire life would watch that man's sermons every single Sunday morning accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior mm-hmm. while watching one of his sermons. And he he's one of those ones that I think Christendom oftentimes looks at and goes, ah, that's very and, surface level. Mm-hmm. But I look at him and go, yeah, but he's serving a a very important purpose. Well, and, and as, I've to- right? as I've told you, my, my, my father, he also, with Joel Osteen, mm-hmm. right before he passed and gave his, my dad gave his life to the Lord right before he passed away. And Joel Osteen was his guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I, yeah, I mean, but, 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 but what I think is, and what I think can be a challenge is when it looks like to some people, when it looks like the church has become an industry, mm-hmm. and they can't see the difference between their AA meeting and the church and any other club or any other meeting, sure. and you get a hug on the way, you get a hug on the way in and a kick in the butt on the way out. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I think that that is some of the communication from people. When it comes to what the church looks like, it just looks like a, a money-making industry where you sell your wristbands out front and your books, and mm-hmm. you, and and the and the and the communication that's offered is that I don't take a salary, but I write books. Yeah. Well, that, and I think and I I like who's I, saying I, that? Uh, oh my goodness! Well, there's people. Joel that, Osteen. Wait, wait, yeah, but I think uh, I think, but I do think that again, those are like <laughs> I can understand how people externally look at that, but. Those those stories and those people is it's such a that's small su- yeah, exactly. minority, but because but they're, they're so the most big. visible, right? That's what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't. I mean, you know, sure. Is there a uh, a Christian industry? Yes. Do I necessarily think that that's bad? I don't think that that's bad, personally. Um, I, oh, and let's just break down what you just said. Right. You don't think it's bad for someone to write a book and sell it. Correct. Right. No. I don't think that no. it's bad for so and so author to be able to write a book, mm-hmm. and because of how much, how many people want to buy that book, right, command a certain amount of money right. to first write the book. Right. Like I don't, I, I don't. But I don't think that they should sell it at. Right. But I don't think they should sell it at the bookstore at their church. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, that's a different. Yes. Well, yes. I, I. But I'm saying yeah. I, I'm. I'm just. I'm just making the point about monetizing. Yeah. On, I'm making the point about monetizing and the and what is unattractive to people when it comes to the church. I'm talking about like what is the purpose of the church? It's not to sell your book at your bookstore. Right. 
Yeah, I don't I don't entirely agree with that. I think that's I an unfair characterization. But it's not I'm not I'm not saying it's my position. I'm saying it's the position of a lot of people. Got you. Yeah. It's the position of a lot of people that that don't believe this thing that we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that there's is that there that it's gimmicky, that it's sales pitchy. Yeah. And and I think the beauty is that like body cams, we have cameras on churches now. Right, and, people are seeing, and we it. didn't see, and we didn't have cameras before. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's meme account, there's video accounts now where you know, day after day, a video goes up of some pastor yep. saying something ridiculous. But again, like, and that's where we talk about this church culture that everybody sure. sees yeah, yeah. can often be a deterrent. Yeah. I also think it's just an easy target. Yep, in a lot of ways, it yep. is. And I think oftentimes people do. Can I just like, misunderstand? Can I just? Uh, Offer something up here. Go for it. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13 that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared, weeds. Mm -hmm. Um, So the servant of the owner came and said to him, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How Mm -hmm. then does it have tares? Mm -hmm. He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servants said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until Mm -hmm. the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them up in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So I think this is a really important parable um, for us to grab a hold of. Um, Not only the three of us, but anybody who listens to this, if you're a Christian, in that there was Jesus had the full expectation that uh, as his kingdom um, permeated throughout the world mm-hmm. um, and uh, Christianity grew, mm-hmm. uh, he expected there to be the uh, intermingling mm-hmm. of people whose belief was true mm-hmm. and people whose whose belief was corrupt. Right, um, and it's interesting that he says, um, "Don't uproot the tares." Wait right. until the harvest. Right. Yeah. And what he's called us to do is not, um, not to not to make it our priority. Right. To, uh, try to delineate between somebody's motive. All the exactly. Yeah. Now the scripture also has uh, instruction to us about refuting false doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm not saying that you because as somebody who's who's interested in the upbuilding of the church and mm-hmm. the flourishing of the church, you recognize that doctrine that is false, teaching that is ta- false is going to be damaging to the church. Right. So you want to refute that and protect um, the body from that. But I think we, we often have to stop short of um, uh, being on the attack right. uh, against every person that we like, you know, we don't necessarily like love what it looks like yeah, or, yeah. you know what I mean? And, so I just, but that's not a, yeah, exactly. But I think what happens is we like to implant motivation uh-huh. and heart posture uh-huh. when sometimes it's as simple as a difference in taste, right? A difference in, um, a, a myriad I, of different things. I think things. taste is, is probably taste is a, is a huge, huge, that's huge part of yeah. it. And to me, it's like, and you know me, man, we've talked about this so much and I, gosh, I can tend to lean on the cynical nature of this to a fault. <laughs> but I do think when we do that, we're just we're just assuming the worst in people. Exactly. And what we're doing is we're kind of like, I don't know, putting something on them that they were never meant to carry in the first place. Mm-hmm. In other words, like, you know, it's not our job to determine somebody's motive mm-hmm. and it's not our job to determine 
why somebody is doing something or whether it's right or wrong. And then also to just not forget that they're also human. Mm -hmm. So by, by shining this light on church culture, which the light is being shined on it Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. in probably more, um, more brightly than it has been ever in my lifetime, Mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, I just don't think that every light that's being shined is being shined on, on bad. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when it's shined on a person, it's like we forget that these people are people, mm-hmm. you know? I agree with that. Um, people are people. I agree. Which to me is like, mm-hmm. that's when Christianity begins to swallow itself whole. Yeah, and uh, and listen, I think it's fair to, uh, you know, to come back to the point of Joel Osteen, right? Like, I think I've listened to maybe two or three Joel Osteen sermons in my entire life, so yeah. I'm actually not in a position to um, to really offer up a, a whole lot there. But let's, let's use him just, I guess, kind of as a, a prototype, as an example. So if... Um, if somebody is, uh, teaching stuff that is, I guess, unfaithful to the, um, unfaithful to like, what is like true Christianity or true Christian witness, um, and people are attracted to that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's good work. Hmm. Right. Does it mean it's still the church though? Well, not technically. And I'm listen. I'm not saying that about Joel Osteen. I know right. you're not. I'm just I know you're back not because I know that that's something that people offer up about him. Right? No, I know. No, I know you're not. I'm just wondering, like, if he's not if he's not preaching doctrine, are those people then going to the church or not? I, I think that you have to really appeal to. Um, I think you have to really appeal to uh, some unknowns in that, and also that God can use mm-hmm. uh, very imperfect vessels um, to reach people that that's certainly the case. But um, I think basically what I'm saying is some, some large churches in America probably aren't staying faithful to the Bible. Mm -hmm. Many of them definitely are. Mm -hmm. Um, And then lots of us get a lot right. Yep. And we get a lot wrong. (laughs) And our, (laughs) our job, our call is to keep pursuing faithfulness. Yeah. Um, and I think what is maybe unfair is that there's just this broad brush, mm-hmm. um, application of, uh, big, yep. you know, Christian culture, yep. uh, doesn't affirm, you know, what I want them to affirm right. from like a social, uh, standpoint, bad, you yep. know, and corrupt and, oh, look, they're selling their book in the bookstore. Like, oh, they're just in this for the money. Yep. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe their book is about like a 20 year journey through hell. Right. And it's their beautiful right. testimony that they've now written and recorded and put out into the world. Yep. And, and it's their story and people are really inspired by that story and they're, and they're buying it. Like, you know, well, exactly. Are, are we, is it really, are we, are we, are we, are we just, is it a fool's errand? Are we wasting our time even being concerned with it? At least when it comes to how it, uh, what it has to do with us and our faith. Right. And I think that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I guess, I guess, going back to this point, uh, I'm stuck on the books now. Uh, but going back to this bookstore point, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that if we spent more time, I think, mm-hmm. encouraging the good book mm-hmm. and not your book, um, I think the culture would shift, and, and and I think that the Christian culture in Christendom wouldn't look the way it looks. I think one of the reasons it looks the way it looks is because we have focused on your book and not the good book. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think that's true. I mean, yeah, I do. I, I mean, do hundred percent. What? 
please, please, <laughs> come on, please. <laughs> How, I mean, okay. not that I don't like your books. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not your book, but you know what I mean when I say your book. All the books that I read are about, well, unless I'm reading about, uh, uh, postmodernism. Totally. All the books I read are about the book. Well, and that's the thing. I think what we're doing is we're we, in 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 assuming in in assuming that somebody. Okay, in assuming that somebody, and we've way digressed, and we'll get back on track here in a second. But in assuming, Sorry. I get what you're i I get what you're saying tactically. However, again, what we're doing is assuming Mister Pastor Author doesn't actually fully misses, believe that or, or misses. misses yes or misses <laughs> or miss or miss or miss uh doesn't fully believe that what they have written will really help change people we assume that they're doing it to make money right instead and, of to make a difference and and i all i'm saying is i i don't know that we as humans can know that can know that and exactly. i certainly wouldn't want somebody especially if we don't judging know them. me I agree. Look that I, way. I agree, do, do, I agree I, with I both hear of, what you're especially saying. if we don't know them. But I'm saying I agree with both of you a hundred. Because we're just doing this podcast to hopefully sell ads on it one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just here for the millions, Seriously. ladies and gentlemen. Seriously, yeah, I need right. to buy that's, my third house. That's just a group of men who think they know better than everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. And one that's girl. And one girl. That's why I'm here. But I, 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 hundred. I know we got to. I got. I know we got to move on. Let's move on. I, but I'm just. I'll just. Say I'll this. give you the last word. Thank. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Is that a hit? No, I'll go back. Um, um, what about now I lost my point? No. What I'm going to say is this, is that I agree with you guys 100%. 150%. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that when, when the world is looking at this stuff, when people, when this percentage that we talked about at the top of the show, when this percentage that's fallen away is looking at this stuff, mm-hmm. I think that it's looking, I really think that it's looking at... Um, at, at these things, coupled with things that have happened to them. Yep. Yeah, and True. so like that, and you I would I mean? say that is where right, wrong, or or somewhere in between. Right, right. wrong, or indifferent. Yes. And I would also say, and I apologize in advance for this. I think somebody Never who leaves the faith Michael. because they don't like something about Christian culture. You're missing the whole. That's point a lot. Then. That's not real. Right. I, yeah, there are right. plenty yeah. of things about church culture that, that I don't like. That I don't like, Same. and that I poke fun at, and Same. that. Yeah, my friends have to remind me to stop being such a jerk about. Okay, but these things aren't things that are going to make me leave the faith. Same. It, exactly. To me, it's a bit of a cop out to say, "Oh, I don't like this this broad Christian culture thing," so I'm going to remove myself. Which is why from all this of us faith, are still from this here. Faith altogether. Which is why all of us are still here. Right. I just happen to be taking this position because I know so many people. No, it's great. Totally. Who totally? Who I'm sp- and I'm I think purposefully taking. No, this and position. I th- I think you bring up a good point, which is the the reality is we can like pontificate all we want on American celebrity Christendom and selling books and all that stuff. That affects about one percent of the people that yep. call themselves Christian. Yeah. The majority, at least what I have seen, is exactly what you said. People's personal experiences. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the truth is, is there are people leaving churches because of personal experiences that were either really difficult, mm-hmm. some instances abusive, some instances bad leadership, some instances the church just didn't serve the purpose that they wanted it to serve. Yeah. Um, and so people are leaving the church because there is pain and hurt there, which I think 
I would say probably underlying all of this yes. is a big reason, specifically for millennials, that they're saying, I'm good mm-hmm. with the church thing mm-hmm. for I, a while. Really, really quick, just to throw out like a yep. personal experience. Mm-hmm. I was once at a church somewhere in California, mm-hmm. and um, the, the pastor, I, I, brought a, I brought a gay friend with me to church, and the pastor said, First, like, like he said something about everybody's coming out of the closet on everything but being a Christ, Christian. Mm-hmm. And then later on, and then I kind of commented on it later on, and I brought that friend back with me who was willing to come back with me. It was like a rehearsal or something, like a choir rehearsal. Um, and I heard one of the leaders at the church say they wouldn't, they wouldn't have an F word mm-hmm. singing in their choir. Right. Um, and stuff like that, yo. Yeah, that that mm-hmm. yeah. You, you hear you hear something like that one time, mm-hmm. the first time you're 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 feeling willing to come back. Yep. To, yeah, to, for sure. To you know to get back into church, mm-hmm. uh, and you hear something like that, I might I might be kicking rocks out of this yep. place. You know what I mean? I, totally. I, I don't know, and I don't know how you reconcile that kind of stuff. By what am I supposed to tell my friend? Like, no, he's not usually like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't usually say things like that, or he's changed. Or mm-hmm. uh, what do you what do you say to somebody? You know. I mean, you want to go? Well, I, I think in general, when it comes to the subject of, uh, of being hurt by people in church, um, which let's be specific here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not hurt by the, by like the church. The church. Yeah. You're hurt by people in church. That's right. right. But there now, would be people just that would say the church's stance on issue X, Y, Z. Sure. Translates yeah. into hurt. Yeah. And but that's. That's whether whether really, or not that hurt is is justified, right? Is, mm-hmm. And we can right. come back to that. But right. and, and you know, even to refute my own argument, people are the church, so I get it. Yep. I guess what I mean to say is, you're hurt by a person, yep, who is a part of the body, right? A part of the church, yeah. Or you're hurt by a group of people, right? Or you know, um, maybe you're hurt by a pastor because they're either their commitment to biblical doctrine or maybe their application of biblical doctrine. Mm-hmm. Or maybe their misunderstanding mm-hmm. of biblical doctrine um, has hurt you, and I think in any scenario where hurt occurs, um, the fact is that we cannot write off all of Christianity, mm-hmm. or we cannot write off the church in general, um, even after we have been hurt. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that there might be varying levels of healing that have to take place depending on the severity of the wound. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm tempted to say, although there are certainly severe wounds that people have suffered through um, interactions or, or with um, Christians, that is true. But there are also, I think, wounds that are being uh, blown out of proportion, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, or maybe... Uh, it's not really a wound as much as it is a uh, inability to reconcile that what they feel is just not mm-hmm. in alignment with mm-hmm. what is true mm-hmm. yeah. or um, what the scriptures teach. Yep. And so that then gets justified as a as a, a form of church hurt. Mm-hmm. So I think you or just church have, or sorry, go ahead. Saying, you just have to be really willing to. You have to look at every single circumstance, right? And yeah. go, okay, this is what you dealt with. That's right. So then, what is the mature healthy way to work through that. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I well, and I just think that's that's so true. And I think the biggest problem out there right now in the ether of people that are hurt by church is the words that we're using, right? So there is um 
I've I've been hurt, and then there's well, I've been abused, mm-hmm. and and when we use the word abuse for something that's not abuse, mm-hmm. we co-opt a word that is to be given in instances where the word is justified. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and I think it's so easy mm-hmm. to go, oh, I was abused. Really, it was just like, now you were mistreated, maybe, m- maybe, or in a worst case scenario. Uh, you were confronted. You were confronted. You, you, yeah, exactly. You rightfully were, so. Maybe. You were exactly. You were rightfully. Con- the, 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 the pendulum yeah. can go from exactly. way one side or the other too. But it tends to be the one word uh, abuse. Abuse. Yeah, exactly. They they believe something that felt counter into it, ca- counter to how I felt. So that was abuse, or they treated me in a certain way, or the the leader was just a jerk to me. Right. And that's so that's abuse. Right. You. You know. You. Um, you asked earlier about like what we were joking about, like what that other, what that generation before us had. And you talked about strength and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but I also think that they had humility mm-hmm. and I'm going to quote a pastor that I respect <laughs> um, who said, humility counteracts a victim mentality. Mm. Humility is a privilege wow. of being mm. a kingdom citizen. I'm, and then, then oh. says, <laughs> then says, then says, Wait, wait, wait. Then says, Did you say that? Jake's <laughs> I was like, Ben, this sounds really similar to what I preached on Sunday. Then says, Wait, wait. Then says, This is my favorite part. Jesus rejected the victim. This is so good, Jake. Jesus rejected the victim mentality, even in genuine victimhood. Hmm. Yeah. I think you need to write a book. I think you I should. Think you need to write a Just book. Just don't sell it at the church. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. But. That is, that our, is our little building doesn't have room for a bookstore <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's so good. That really is yeah. is so good. Yeah. And um, man, the the what was what was the quote? Humility. Say it again. Counteracts a victim mentality. A victim mentality. Yeah. Hmm. Which goes back to that victim mentality that we all we have talked about a lot on I think this yeah. podcast, which is like um, that has permeated itself into. This cannot. This conversation, uh, it cannot be separated from um, what is happening in culture at large. Right. right. And uh, the the reality is that uh, Orthodox Christianity's stances on many issues mm-hmm. are immediately uh, antithetical and therefore viewed as an enemy mm-hmm. of um, uh, of what people are taught to value yeah. today. Yeah. And that can't be separated from the conversation around, um, uh, there's, I guess there's various terminology. So there's a, a book right now I'm reading called the rise and triumph of the modern self. Mm-hmm. The author's name is Carl Truman. And, um, the book is him essentially tracing through, I think starting at the, um, the period of romanticism with, uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Um, that was a pretty oh, well, good, well, that was well, pretty well, good. good accent. Um, uh, all the way up to our, our modern moment. And, um, he talks a lot about, um, what's called expressive individualism, the authentic self, the psychological man, mm-hmm. which are all essentially, uh, terms for the same thing in that, um, uh, well, Rousseau said that man is born free and everywhere he is in chains. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the essence of the idea is that all social construct is oppression. Mm-hmm. In, and anything society forces on me uh, or puts upon me is restricting um, and oppressive. And 
so for the last couple of centuries, we've been like spiraling towards where we are right now Mm -hmm. in that whatever I feel on the inside, my expressive individualism, Mm -hmm. my psychological self is is reality Mm -hmm. and it is truth. And therefore, anything external to me that that uh, stands against that is seen as uh, oppressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is it is something that is being put on me right. that is constricting, and therefore it is wrong. It is evil. It offends my sensibilities. It hurts my heart. You know, however you want to say it. And so um, that puts the church in a really precarious situation because we have a lot of sensibilities to offend. Right. We have a lot of psychological selves. So, so that to means come against. so true. To, to whether we like it or like, not, almost to to make this even more practical because we we talk about this a lot and that in this world of this deconstruction movement and all that kind of stuff there is so much talk about uh abusive theology right or um uh even even down to you know very basic tenets of what we believe as christians being things that are abusive things that are oppressive Mm -hmm. um and it almost sounds like what you're saying is is it's like there is a lot of real world there, there's a lot of real people out there who because of these ways of thinking mm-hmm. literally cannot get past even some of the basic teachings of the church mm-hmm. without going well that's abusive right and, and, and so they're not saying it in jest right they're not saying that to be dramatic mm-hmm. in some instances they're saying that because they literally believe mm-hmm. the stuff that you are telling me to deny myself to live for not myself but to live exactly like that is quite literally yes abusive yes. and toxic and, and when you see language like abusive theology mm-hmm. i think what what discerning christians need to be aware of um or even just discerning non-believers who maybe want to give christianity a fair shot right right <laughs> in is that they don't a lot of the time they don't actually mean something truly abusive. They right, just mean something true. that expresses a different view than a world them. view than they right. have. Like I had somebody recently on Instagram um, call uh, call a position that I took quote deeply troubling. Right. And I wrote them back and very kindly and I, but I, I summed up with my statement was certainly my opinion is not quote deeply troubling. It's just different than yours. Right. Yeah. And also, right. and also, when we right. talk when we talk about this idea of, this kind of makes me chuckle. This idea, and that of, comes back to the uh, like the hyperbolic overstatement of stuff. It's not deeply troubling. Right. I'm right. sorry. No, it's just we think differently. Yeah. Like well, well, you like almond milk in your coffee. I like regular milk in right. my coffee. Stop putting your abusive yes likes. That's a terrible example. I, I I'll roll with it. I'm allergic to almonds. Allergic to almonds. Um, but I, what I was going to say is just what makes me chuckle is just the is the idea of abusive theology as opposed to good theology and bad theology. Mm-hmm. I don't find shades of gray there. Right. You know, and, and, and this, God, this idea of abusive theology just really, that really gets me because you're absolutely right that it's, it's often just that you don't like what happens to be said here and it, and it, and it requires something of you. Especially, yeah, especially when there are probably real abusive exactly. theological beliefs that are, are lorded over people, right? That and the and the and like for instance, we take something like identities in the Bible, right? It's very clear that God is asking us to reject our identity to accept His identity. Mm-hmm. That may be something that and that and that requires something of an individual. It requires something of an indi- individual to take on uh, the identity of Jesus and lay down whatever their identity is, whether whatever it is on on Paul's list, whether it's alcoholism or anything else yep. on the list. Um, 
this is what this is what we're as, being asked to reject and to accept something else. Just because mm-hmm. you don't like it doesn't make it abusive. Right. So can we? So I, I want to get into the sort of where all of this leads into the deconstruction, and I want us to try and we're going to try and define deconstruction. Um, but before we do that, I want to, and this is just coming out of left field, so so we'll see how it goes. Um, all of this conversation on church hurts, church hurt, church abuse, toxic theology, all of these kind of things. Can we maybe even just try and roughly define or categorize what would what we would believe would constitute, okay, yeah, this is abuse or this is toxic versus, no, this is just something that you don't agree, agree with, with or this is just bad leadership, mm-hmm. right? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because yep. I think people... Church abuse literally, and I'm harping on this point, but I think it's really important. It literally can span from like, they asked me, like I served every Sunday and they never gave me a Sunday off. That's a, Some people say that that's abuse. Mm-hmm. So that's one side of the spectrum, mm-hmm. all the way to instances of, of literal, physical, sexual, emotional right. abuse. And we're all in, in between, right. right? Which is real abuse. Which is real abuse. Yeah. But I think, again, we're throwing out this word. So I just want to say, like like you said, we, the church is made up of people, which means people are going to make bad decisions, mm-hmm. which means people aren't always going to operate in their best, including a leader, right? including a pastor, mm-hmm. right? But I do think it's important that we're at least able to say, hey, <laughs> this is what abuse is like, and, and it- this is what just maybe a difficult situation Mm -hmm. or a disagreement or a leader that does something stupid Mm -hmm. looks like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And to touch on, just to touch on what you just threw out. um, I just want to say that we're also a body of people who are first to acknowledge, unlike the world that we are broken. Right. That is, that is our baseline. Yep. Like, like, (laughs) like we let you know ahead of time. That's where we start. It's going to be some problems possibly (laughs) with me. Um, So I just want to put that out there. Uh, We we let you know the world doesn't, the world doesn't acknowledge brokenness. The world doesn't like the idea of sin. It doesn't want to be associated to it. Uh, It doesn't want to be associated to any of these ideas of brokenness and sin because the world apparently espouses that it's perfect. Um, But let me stop. Right. Right. (laughs) I just think it's, I, I think it's, I think it's an important thing to try and at least distill down right like we can say abuse like it's funny i always say people talk about um i'm like let's go toe-to-toe on trauma right trauma experiences yeah let's go toe-to-toe on experiences right like i had a pastor who's an amazing man of god by the way Mm -hmm. tell me when i was 19 years old that if i wanted to be a good spiritual son i would buy into his multi-level marketing company (laughs) for eight hundred dollars that was putting a pill in a gas tank that would give you better gas mileage. So good. It turned out to just be sh- a sugar pill <laughs> and it was $800 and I was getting paid $400 a week to work at the church. Now, was that spiritual abuse? Did he know that it was just a sugar pill? Manipulation. No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. Wait a minute, and he was getting paid, how much, he was getting paid, he was getting paid something. What do you mean? You said you were getting paid something. That's well, I was a- working at the church at, the, at, at this particular church oh, at the time. Say, I bless it, I'll take it. No, 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 no. I'm saying I was basically getting paid nothing <laughs> Oh, I get and it. this pastor saying, "Oh, you're getting paid four hundred dollars a week." I get it. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like I can now, years looking back, go, "Ah, oh, like that wasn't spiritual abuse. That was just a guy manipulating, not you. being a great leader." <laughs> yeah. But and that doesn't discount 
and potentially sinning and potentially sinning exactly yeah. all of the things all of those things but at the same time I still well, I just don't know what, I, 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 did he did he know that it was is it a sugar pill yeah no he didn't like, know he, he didn't know he it didn't ended up being a scam years pill? later right yeah 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 but either way him saying like to be a good spiritual son right which he meant that like he literally meant like yo if you want to be faithful to me yes you gotta 100% well I think that's wrong so it's wrong yes it's wrong on one level it's wrong on another level so much of who I am today that is good came from, yeah, from him. Well, and I, think, I just think we can th- we can't throw exactly. You know? And it's it's worthwhile pointing out that typically when people speak of abuse, they mean something that has severed a relationship, right. and has uh, discontinued the ability to continue on together. Correct. So um, when you talk about instances like that, you're speaking about something because I n- know your relationship with this man, um, and you've like had coffees with mm-hmm. him as a as a I'll as still, an adult yeah. like mm-hmm. you know you'll mm-hmm. still see him and, yep. and talk to know him about this man um <laughs> you would there's no reason you would he's I know. Yeah, not no, someone yeah. anybody would know it's yeah. just you know yeah. your childhood pastor your mm-hmm. teenage pastor right but um you saw that as something to be uh moved past yep. whether he repented of it and you truly like reconciled you in your Didn't. heart have forgiven him of that yeah. you do not hold it against him mm-hmm. So, but that is a good example where that's probably something that would qualify today as I've been abused by this person. Yep. Um, and, you know, I guess, sure, all sin is abuse. I don't know. What's the, what is the actual definition of, of abuse, abuse? Of abuse. Right? Used to bad effect or for a bad purpose, misused. Yep. I would say he misused you there. Right. Um, as a parishioner right. in his so church. So he got abused. Right. You got right. abused. Right. Misused. Um, and and so, uh, or probably the more serious, uh, um, which I think this is probably what people really mean, is treat with cruelty or violence. Yes. Um, and so if someone treats you with cruelty and violence, and, and uh, uh, even if you reconcile, it's probably good to like uh, keep some distance there between right. you and that person. Right. Um, that's, uh, that's some of what happens with church abuse or with just mm-hmm. abuse yeah. in general. Um, that's not what happened with you there. Right. The person sinned against you. They abused the relationship. They abused your trust. And Mistreated. Yeah. You, all that. Whatever. And you have forgiven them. Yes. And 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 on just and, and for and as you threw out a personal one, I'll throw out just like the one of the reasons I'm st- I stayed mm-hmm. and didn't leave, mm-hmm. which I think is important for pe- people to hear, mm-hmm. um, is is I I I do something that I call emergency room faith, which is the idea that if I had the flu, and I went to the hospital and somebody coughed on me at the hospital, I'm not leaving the hospital. Mm. I'm staying in right. the hospital. Right. Mm-hmm. Because everybody at the hospital is sick. Mm-hmm. And so I just had this moment where I, where I had instances where people had hurt me, and mm-hmm. I'd had things happen. I'd have abusive situations happen, mis- been misused, all mm-hmm. kinds of things that happened. But I will say this, that I found far more good out of, out of, out of the church and out of staying and finally getting to the, the nurse or the doctor, so to speak, yeah. mm-hmm. in the process. Mm-hmm. Then, and it was a long wait sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was that five-hour wait where you're sitting in the emergency room. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I, but, I, I, but, I, but, but there was always a benefit to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was always, by the time I got to my pastor or by the time I got to, mm-hmm. to somebody, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was always for my good. And oftentimes, like being prescribed medication, oftentimes it wasn't the thing I wanted to hear and it wasn't the thing I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but it was always the thing that mm-hmm. made me better. That's yeah. a really good That's analogy. A really good analogy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I think the reason that it's important, especially in this talk of church decline, people leaving the faith, which leads to deconstruction. One thing that I think 
Which we still need to define. Which we're, yeah, yeah. which we're going to define. <laughs> what happens is, at least from what I've seen a lot of, is that like, it is these things, these hurts or pains or traumas or whatever we want to call them, that are what kind of, in a lot of instances, seems to open the door for someone to go, okay, I'm going to step into this thing called deconstruction. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing that we're seeing is that it doesn't, at least again, from what I've seen, conversations that I've had and, and, and things that I've, I've read, it doesn't start out with, I'm going to start theologically picking apart what the Bible is, what the Bible says, and what the Bible means. Mm-hmm. That may come later. But the first step is always like something hurt me, something confronted me, something was done to me, something went bad. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to deconstruct, which means I'm deconstructing out of this place of pain, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And so if we're to look at what is deconstruction, I think we have to I think we have to look at that as mm-hmm. as a reason. Mm-hmm. You know 100%. what I mean? Yeah. Um so what is deconstruction then? What is deconstruction? We defined it. Um should we do that now just to find what yeah what i think this, think this deconstruction is, a, is a good moment to go into that part of the combo for sure uh in the con so so deconstruction this is uh a definition that that we read we thought was good in the context of faith deconstruction is the process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs you grew up with this dismantling of doctrinal tenets where all the be- where all the beliefs that someone who was raised with and had never questioned are systematically pulled apart and and then this says is something progressive Christians call deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I would say from uh, just an outsider looking in mm-hmm. to the movement of deconstruction, I would say that would be accurate. Yep, and that's typically what uh, that's typically where people who are deconstructing arrive mm-hmm. is they do not reconstruct a more biblical faith. Right. Um, they uh, typically reconstruct something that is a heterodox version right. mm-hmm. um, of what they would call Christianity, which is progressive Christianity, mm-hmm. which is no Christianity which at all. no Christianity at all. <laughs> I haven't heard it in a while. <laughs> we, you know, we were, we um, were, sorry, go ahead. No, but, and then uh, uh, oftentimes I, I think it ultimately just leads to humanism mm-hmm. um, and wow. more specifically secular humanism yeah. Yeah. because um, nobody deconstructs this, and this is a maybe something fair to say. Nobody deconstructs because they want to be a worse human, right? Nobody deconstructs because they want to be less, uh, less of a contributor to the world. Yeah. Um. Typically, they deconstruct because they feel like Christianity, biblical Christianity, is inhibiting to them being what they perceive to be a better human, mm-hmm. uh, a better contributor to the mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. and that goes hand in hand with the whole psychological man mm-hmm. um, and and not ever being offensive to people's feelings or sensibilities. Right. Um, and so that, it doesn't lead them usually to a place of becoming, uh, well, they can be mean and nasty, but I, I don't think that they want to be. Right. I think it usually they're on, they're wanting to arrive at a place where they are a healthy, contributing member of society who are trying to um, create uh, a just society in which people can flourish. Mm-hmm. I think that is in their mind. That's their goal. That's what they're so supposedly deconstructing towards. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fool's errand in the sense that um, the the scriptures are the authority that we should be appealing to, 
in order to understand how to live as healthy people and how to construct healthy societies. Would, would, um, and so I think that that's a, something fair to say at the onset is mm-hmm. what is their goal in deconstructing? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is important to say though that if you are seriously a Christian mm-hmm. and you wish to remain a Christian, mm-hmm. um, decon- but you want to understand your views better mm-hmm. or you want to have a more biblical faith, deconstruction is not the path. Mm-hmm. Proper education right. is good the path. The- good theology. Right. Could, could, we esta- could we establish then that a deconstructionist, so to mm-hmm. speak, mm-hmm. would consider the Bible to not be just? Yeah, they would, they would essentially... Mm-hmm. All of the Bible or parts of the Bible? So it, this is this I think gets into a more fundamental definition of deconstruction, yeah. um, which uh, supposedly, and I, you know, I'm sure there are a hundred deconstructionists out there correct. who would love to correct me yep. on what deconstruction actually yep. is, because people tend to have different definitions. But yep. um, I think by uh, Derrida, who was another French philosopher, lots of them, um, is is where the term originates to, and. From what I see here, deconstruction is an approach to understanding the relationship between text and meaning. Mm-hmm. Text and meaning. So when you ask the question, uh, is the Bible just, um, what ends up happening in a, if a deconstructionist is involving the scriptures in their process, mm-hmm. uh, then then uh, proper exegesis is flipped on its head. Exegesis is, what is the text saying? Mm-hmm. What did the author mean? Right. Eisegesis, uh, or exegesis then turns into eisegesis and it's uh, reading something into the text. It's yeah. importing meaning into mm-hmm. the text. Mm-hmm. So that relationship between text and meaning is very important. Yep. Um, and uh, the, the, um, the mood of the deconstructionist is often, uh, and this would be true of the, you know, kind of the, the leaders of the progressive Christianity movement, mm-hmm. Brian McLaren's of the world, mm-hmm. uh, um, Give me more. Uh, uh, Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr, Rob Bell. Rob yeah. Bell. It, it, it becomes this understanding that from the Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament, um, people's uh, understanding of who God is has gradually gotten better. Mm-hmm. And so, um, therefore, they would say that uh, we now um, understand God much better than Moses mm-hmm. ever could have understood right. God, or yes. we now understood God much more clearly than Paul ever mm-hmm. could have understood mm-hmm. God. Never mind the fact that Peter walked with Jesus. Yep. We in the 21st century we, have a much know, greater grasp on, we know better. Yeah. They're participating in what C.S. Lewis calls chronological snobbery. Yeah. And, um, so that has to go in hand with it. The only way that you're going to, going to be able to justifiably um, deconstruct from a, from involving the scriptures is to take that stance. So essentially mm-hmm. what I'm hearing is that the deconstructionist is someone who says, um, hold my place in line to heaven. I'll be back. Possibly. Maybe I'm like, that's what I, that's what I hear. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I mean potentially. I mean, what, I, what, yeah. I, what I hear is like, hold That's my place in line to heaven. Yeah, here's a. Yeah, I mean, well, here's a. Here's a good. <laughs> While thing you guys that, stand that in a, line and keep doing a what big, Jesus you know, deconstructionist so. thinker tweeted out recently. Deconstruction is not about the destination, as evangelicals want to make you believe, and even some progressives. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of what we were talking about before we started. It's like, well, you're really you're just kind of leaving Christianity, right? 
let's call that what let's it is. Let's call it what it is. And that doesn't mean that has to sound mean. Right. That's just... Yeah. That's what... I think that's what you want. That's what... Right. Like, you don't want to be a Christian. Right. Right. Yeah. And and that's why... And that that's why you can have someone who goes under the title of progressive Christianity not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh-oh. Right. Like, right. You, you actually... You don't want to be a Christian. You right. can't. You can't be a Christian and not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You just. That's can't. exactly right. right. You, you actually just can't. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's not being mean. I'm sorry if that's offensive. Pick another name. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you, you you think that Jesus was a social justice warrior and you want to walk in what you perceive to be his ethic in terms of how to operate in society, um, and never mind that you pick and choose. Right. The parts of how Jesus walked to right. apply them to what you view as how to operate in society. But right. And the parts by which he was a social justice warrior, right? That's being picked apart too. All of, exactly. Yeah. So it's, I, I do think it is fair to just, let, let's just call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. And it's not, a, to me, it's not a, an unfair characterization to say you're just leaving the faith. Right. Yeah. Right. I think. Yep. Yeah. Here, here's one more thing I want to read because I, I, I do want to touch on this. And Otherwise, then, you're just learning good theology. I don't know how else to say it. You mean <laughs> exactly. To tell, you mean to tell me that Jesus wasn't a BLMer? <laughs> did Jesus affirm the nuclear family? Um, did Jesus affirm uh, marriage he, between a, a man and a woman? Um, uh, man, y'all are trying to get us in all <laughs> kinds of trouble. I, I mean, I'm here for it. Bring it, bring it on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to get in trouble. I'm just trying to be truthful. Tell the yeah, truth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's a something that I want to at least say and bring up because I, I do think it's important. This is um, probably one of the, the the bigger deconstructionist thinking outlets out there. Uh, by outlets, I'm meaning individual. Um, says this, one of the greatest mischaracterizations of those deconstructing is that we didn't read our Bibles enough. The reality is we are the ones who read our Bibles the most in your churches. We are some of your best volunteers. We are the ones consuming every podcast and book that we can on the Christian faith. We didn't deconstruct because we know too little. We deconstructed because we know too much. Um, Many think that those of us who are rethinking our theological positions are doing it out of ignorance when the complete opposite is true. We're doing it out of arrogance is what I just heard. Damn. <laughs> Sorry, not ignorance, arrogance, guys. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I, I I was probably going to say something that would be a uh, uh, expounding upon that thought. I, I, it's interesting to me that you would automatically say that, oh, because, because you have acquired such and such knowledge, right. um, which is... I guess kind of going down the road of Gnosticism, right. which is an ancient heresy that mm-hmm. the church has dealt with. Yeah. Um, because you've acquired such and such knowledge, which I think in that they're referring to like biblical knowledge. Yep. Um, therefore, the only possible place you could arrive is where they have arrived. Mm-hmm. However, what do you now do with the scores of infinitely higher educated right. people Yep. Who have studied the scriptures yep. for decades and centuries? Yes. Who have a, who have maintained a uh, that have somehow missed it up until now? Right, exactly. It's and right. that it's the chronological snobbery thing. That's like it is kind of arrogant to to. And I listen. They're saying that for effect, probably. Exactly. But, but it's also fascinating that you mentioned the Gnostics because these are also some of the guys that tried to fill in 
the miss the lost years. Mm-hmm. The, 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 mm-hmm. the Gnostics are attributed to filling in the lost years of Jesus with the, with what we call the lost gospels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, what's fascinating about that is if we then look at deconstructionists as you compare the two, um, both people are saying there's not enough here. Mm-hmm. There's not enough. Mm-hmm. I got to fill this in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, and that's a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. It is kind of arrogant. Right. Like, they just said they know. They just said we, we know better. We know more. What, come on. <laughs> I mean, that's right. pretty. Yeah. That, that statement that you just read is yep. pretty tough. And, yep. and it also, too, like, to me, it, it paints somebody who's like faithfully involved in their church and right. like trying to just live a faithful Christian life yep. as some kind of dupe. Like, as right. somebody who's just like a, they're just a dunce. Mm-hmm. Like, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, really? Yep. You know, like, I don't, I don't think so, man. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's do this. This let's 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 um, let's table, land table this plane. This we get and this would be the part in the sermon where the keyboard player comes up, <laughs> because what I do want to do is Take I do. Offering. We've obviously we've said a lot. We've gone a lot of different directions this week. Um, you can obviously tell we are all very passionate about this topic in different in different ways, but obviously all leading to the same the same answer. But what I do want to do is I don't. There it is. It's on. Some William Augusto. Here we go. William Augusto. I played like four seconds of it, so hopefully I don't have to pay um, But somebody is struggling in their faith. You know, they are questioning things. They are finding their current way of thinking and emotion and all of that looking at scripture and looking at the church and being very confronted, or maybe they have some kind of situation in their past where there has been hurt or there has been pain and they are trying to, the word that they would use is deconstruct, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like what are some practical things? Yeah. I I wouldn't, I would encourage somebody um, to uh, pick apart um, all of the, coming back to the original point of the conversation, all of the cultural things that you've inherited, mm-hmm. pick it apart all you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me give an example, right? Like I grew up, and this is only going to make sense to people who are are uh, Christians and probably maybe even more specifically um, Pentecostals or Charismatics, but like I grew up believing that speaking in tongues mm-hmm. um, was uh, necessary evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the the doctrine that I inherited. And that's what yeah. I, and mm-hmm. you, okay, Same so you did too. Yep. So we all grew mm-hmm. up with that. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that. Right. Nope. And it's not because I have um, thrown out the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's because I have studied the Bible. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have learned what the scriptures actually teach. And so you will inherit all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And just because something is wrong doesn't mean it's malicious. Right. It just means it's wrong, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. It doesn't always mean it's being used to assert power or control or exactly right. right. Um, and so I think like we're all going to inherit things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in our journey for um, in our in our journey for truth and meaning, we we don't need to throw away um, the fact that you can arrive at. Um, uh, you can arrive at truth, mm-hmm. and this is why they they the deconstruction movement. I love that. I love that simple definition about understanding the, the relationship between text and meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Typically, what's at the at the core there is a belief that objective truth cannot be known, mm-hmm. and therefore I have to I can I can make meaning of this however I want. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not not mm-hmm. fact at all. Um, 
the, the writers of the scripture certainly wrote with an understanding that they could have a degree uh, or a, um, a completion in, in terms of uh, uh, certainty and, and knowing truth. Um, and that has been long carried out. Mm-hmm. Christianity loves truth. Mm-hmm. And so I think hold all the things up into the light yep. and say, is this true? Mm-hmm. And yep. then, you know, if you really want to be a Christian, go to the, our source of authority, right. which is the scripture and, and learn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I would also say to like that person who's like hurting in, in this area, right. Um, who has been hurt, hurt or feels that they've been hurt by the church. I would encourage that person to guard their heart. Mm-hmm. And to remember that it takes time to build a friendship, mm-hmm. you know, you know, sometimes we just, we go to somebody because somebody said that person would be really good to go to, but they don't know our circumstance. We're not really friends yet. There's like a process that happens and like, take your time and understand and be understanding mm-hmm. and understand that people, th- th- those people are there possibly for a similar reason that you're there. Um, and that's something that I thought about, you know, as I was going through, through challenges. And the last thing I'd say is that, um, something that I felt in my heart, mm-hmm. which was years ago, which was stop looking for for a reason to for for a re- reason for a way out, mm. and start looking for a way in. Yes, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I always all my answers were always when I came across a script a, a scripture about homosexuality, mm-hmm. I want a way out. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is this is mean. Mm-hmm. This is hateful. I'm mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Or I'd find something that talks about women or mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm out. This is this is hateful. Yep. But and then I just decided, hey, I'm gonna start looking for a way in. I'm gonna start looking at different articles. We start looking at the people that support these ideas and how could they possibly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And as I started looking at that stuff, it sort of changed. Uh, it changed mm-hmm. the game for me completely. Yeah. That sort of changed completely changed the yeah. game for me. I think that's great. So yeah. what you're saying there is you found people who were faithful to biblical witness yeah. and but uh, were upholding those things in a way that made you feel invited and and absolutely warm. yeah yeah absolutely. So. And I think that's that that is true. I think, and I think that's where people like us can can seek to. Um, embrace the like, like not be people that want to uh, like, like shy away from those kind of conversations mm-hmm. and not be, af- not be defensive when those kind of conversations come up. But like, like you said, really be people that are willing to like wrestle with that stuff, mm-hmm. but also still stand as a, this is what the biblical, mm-hmm. this is what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Let's stand for that. Mm-hmm. And then I just think too, it's like, you know, man, watch the stuff you're looking at online. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, like if, and like you guys were so kind, I'm not going to be as kind. Like if someone's wanting you to join their Patreon account mm-hmm. and they're taking your pain and they're co-opting your pain and they're doing everything they can to inflame it mm-hmm. and, and, and heat it up mm-hmm. and create even more pain and hurt and frustration in you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, that's not a person that you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, it kind of comes grifter. full, it kind of comes full circle, doesn't it? It's it true. does. They're selling their book at the bookstore. Ex- no, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it like is. Like they're literally taking up an offering. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. Well, and so and let's think- just call it what, like, so here's the thing that I love about the Bible. The Bible just says like, Hey, uh, the guy that's up there preaching to you every week, uh, he needs to survive. So, um, and he, Paul even says this, like as the Levites yep. uh, made their living from the offerings that were brought, that's how people preach the gospel yeah. today. So let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Right. So, but this whole thing is just like, ew, bad, yeah. manipulative, yeah. wrong. And then it's like, oh, by the way, can you By like- the way, if you want to be a part of my special <laughs> Zoom group where we really talk about it, it's $29 a month. Oh, Here's my cash and, app. And so, oh yeah, this person like, and okay, can we I, digress. Can, can I, digress. I just say this one thing? Yep. Just one last thing. Um, also- we talked a bit about abuse, words like abuse and trauma. Yep. 
I think it's so important to remember that when I, when I choose to use the word abuse, when I choose to use the word trauma, to remember that there are people around me that have been abused mm -hmm. and that have had serious trauma yep. in their lives. So picking and choosing your words carefully right. when you're, you know, if, if your pastor was mean to you as opposed to you, uh, you know, lost a family member in a car accident, yep. that person standing next to you might have had that happen to them recently. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so just being careful mm -hmm. about the words we choose to use yep. in that regard, mm -hmm. not in the way that the world tells us to be careful with our words. Yep. That's great. Yeah. That's great. It's good. Well, awesome. Thank you for listening. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep listening. Like it, rate it, share it, all that good stuff. Please reach out to us, honestly. If we said something you didn't share, love. Share it if you're brave. Share it if you're brave. <laughs> um, if you have yeah. any questions, if you want to say that, we're three dudes who don't know what we're talking about. And a girl. Cool. And a girl. <laughs> tell and a girl. us. And a girl. If, um, yeah, let us know. We'd love to hear from you, and we will see you next week. Peace. See ya.